of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to your source for common sense conservative values. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We're honored, as always, to be here with you. We've got a lot of stories to talk about today, a lot of information to share, and we are proud to be on the cutting edge of that information. Oftentimes, the things that we share with you don't make, quote unquote, the news for a day, two days, if at all. And so if you enjoy being informed, if you like having the ability to fact check the people who are telling you things that they discover, you found the right spot because that's what we believe in, sharing with you the truth and giving you the chance to double check us. If you're new, Wendy Bell Radio Network, Wendy Bell Podcast, Wendy Bell Radio Podcast, we are inching ever closer in the next several days to a very big announcement. And we want to thank you guys for being here. You always have a seat at the table. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I've always enjoyed reading the obituary section of the newspaper. Long ago stopped getting the local newspaper because the local newspaper started to suck. And so I stopped and I miss it because there are beautiful stories of strangers, unfortunately, that we have never met. Obituaries tell you stories of heartbreak, of sadness, of loss, of addiction, of tragedy, but also of lives well lived, of glory and honor and service and goodness And they're fascinating. I wasn't expecting to see this one today and have it be somebody I know. It's my husband's Uncle Jack. I opened the obituary that my mother-in-law shared with our whole family group text. And I have to tell you, even though I knew great Uncle Jack, I didn't know 90% of what I read. And I want to read this to you because it makes me wistful. It seems like the generation of service, of honor, of valor, valor, of 
chivalry of traditional family values is slipping through our fingers. And everything you're going to hear in this, I think, is just extraordinary. John Lawrence O'Toole, Jack, 94 years old, of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, passed away on Friday, January 26, 2024. Born April 5, 1929, in St. Louis, Missouri, Jack was a son of the late Anastasia O'Toole and William O'Toole. He had 13 brothers and sisters and graduated high school from Christian Brothers College in St. Louis, will always be adored and loved for his humor and loyalty. He joined the Marine Corps on November 2nd, 1947. His career spanned two decades. As an enlisted man, he was awarded a full NROTC scholarship based on the competitive examination and interviews of three separate panels of senior officers. He graduated from the University of Missouri in 1953 with a BA in journalism. On June 7, 1953, he returned to the Marine Corps as a second lieutenant and served in the Korean War as platoon commander and military police officer, participating in the Battle of the Chosin Reservoir. He then served as the military police supervisor officer in Osaka, Japan. From 1955 to 1959, he served as recruit training officer at Paris Island, South Carolina. And that was where he met and married his wife, Catherine Ann Fosbury of Charleston on September 14, 1957. He then became executive officer for Marine Barracks, Adak, Alaska. Probably mispronounced that. He was an intelligence officer and provost marshal with the 1st Marine Division at Camp Pendleton, California. 1965, served as operations control officer with the 9th Marines in Vietnam providing security for the Da Nang Air Force Base. Then attended Command and General Staff School in Quantico, Virginia, graduating in the top echelon of his class. At the Marine Corps Air Station in Cherry Point, he participated in Project Cloud Gap, which studied the feasibility of inspections for arms control agreements. He was later assigned to the 34th Marine Expeditionary Unit at Camp Lejeune, where he served as executive officer, he was provost marshal and public safety officer in Okinawa, Japan. His last assignment was as a fleet marine officer, first fleet in San Diego, California, where he advised the admiral on the readiness of the marines in the fleet. On July 1st, 1973, after 21 years, 10 months, and 18 days of active duty service, Lieutenant Colonel John Lawrence O'Toole was transferred to the retired list. You think it would end. After retirement, Jack went back to school, earning his teacher's credentials, then went on to secure his master's degree in special education from the College of Charleston. From 1974 to 81, he was the athletic director, the coach and teacher at Trident Academy. He continued to offer tutoring services for children with learning disabilities, but also refereed soccer and basketball games. In 1981, he obtained his first tour guide license for the city of Charleston. He initially worked for a tour guide company, but by 1983, he was running his own private tour guide company, conducted private tours for well over 20 years, and in his spare time, he worked in the garden at Christ Our King Catholic Church, becoming well-known for growing beautiful roses. It goes on regarding who survived him, who preceded him great uncle jack that isn't 
an obituary. That is a legacy. And it chokes me up because I knew some things about Great Uncle Jack. But I didn't know all of those things. And I think about the dichotomy between that obituary of a good man, part of a big Catholic family, who served in multiple wars, who went back to get his degree and then some to help others, to help his community, and to help his church. What would we say today? What would be an obituary for people today? Young people, a young progressive perhaps. Well, I decided to create one. And so I invented somebody who sadly has passed. His name is Dave. Dave, 42, from Pittsburgh, died suddenly at home, days after receiving his sixth booth stone. Known by neighbors for his BLM signs and riding with Biden flag, Dave bounced from job to job after getting comfortable with CARES Act money. Dave worked tirelessly in his community to incite violence, inflame racial tensions, steal what didn't belong to him, and blame MAGA Republicans for all of it. It was a prominent fixture in Shenley Park, where he was well-known by other malignant activists for galvanizing the movement to take down Christopher Columbus's statue and desecrating the graves of our military fallen. Dave was proud of his work, helping to run the local elementary school's transition closet, and aided many youngsters in concealing their gender-changing journeys from their parents. He also volunteered in the school library, where he kept extra copies of the gender queer so kids as young as five could learn all about sex. Dave was a dedicated volunteer at the community vaccination clinic, proudly jabbed hundreds of his neighbors with Pfizer's gene-scrambling elixir, and when not volunteering with city road crews and installing useless roundabouts, speed humps, and bike lanes to snarl traffic all over his city, Dave's tireless work with Planned Parenthood to abort babies, careless teens didn't want to birth, earned him Pittsburgh's most promising progressive award four years in a row. Dave lived with his mother until she died in 2018 and sponged off her social security checks. He is survived by 17 cats. Look, yes, I make a joke of the generation we are creating now. Not a generation of service, of selflessness, of honor and valor and dignity, but of demands and narcissism and ego and weakness and bullying and protesting and demonstrating and looting and believing all the while that they should get away with it. At some point, the newspaper will open up and each of us will have our own picture and commentary about our contributions to not just this country, but to our slice of it. What is that segment, the dash between dates, say about each of us? For Uncle Jack, it says hero. I hope we get back to raising that kind of human being in this country and that we do it soon. Quick time out when we come back. You know what? The one thing you don't want if you're running for office is Liz Cheney's endorsement. Just ask Nikki Haley. <laughs> Some new poll data. Ugh. Ouch. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Well, 
you know what? Something very positive is going on out there. It seems the the time that that we conservatives can refuse a political candidate is getting shorter. Right. I don't really think Nikki Haley is going to drag this out too long, particularly not now. A new poll shows 60 percent view Nikki Haley unfavorably, which is up nine points since just what Nevada, I think. Listen to this. A whopping 60 percent of Americans or I should say Iowa, a whopping 60 percent of Americans view former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley unfavorably, which is up nine points in just four months. Civics polling found on Tuesday. The poll suggests Americans soured on Haley the longer her campaign for the Republican nomination continued. Just 20 percent said they viewed her favorably, while another 20 percent, eh, kind of middle of the road, not sure. Haley's favorability rating sunk seven points since September. Those unsure about her dropped two points during the same amount of time. A Civic's rolling job approval average tracked, and this is a lot. This isn't like, yeah, we got like 30 people at Trader Joe's. This is, we tracked 121,455 responses between August of 2020, January of 2024. This tracking model is meant to capture the shifts in attitude of various groups over time across all 50 states and Washington, D.C. These changes can happen either over time or rapidly. Haley lost both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primaries, you know this, despite spending more than $167 million. What are we doing? Right? What are we doing? Losses spurred several donors to end their support of the former governor of South Carolina. The desertions represent the biggest and the beginning, I should say, of the end for Haley and in terms of staying in the race, all right? So what is the final straw? Is it Liz Cheney? When Liz Cheney comes forward, she's like, look, I know you guys all really like me. And I'm considering running for president myself because I'm so popular, (laughs) right? I think Nikki Haley is the answer to the party. Does, Does Liz Cheney not understand that nobody pays attention to what she says except Joy Reid? How about this headline? Cowboy State Daily. Cheney backs Nikki Haley. Hageman calls Haley Liz Cheney light. (laughs) This is an unfortunate turn of events for Nikki Haley. Hopefully she expedites, hits the gas pedal on getting out of the race. The election between Representative Harriet Hageman And former Representative Liz Cheney has been over for 18 months, but that doesn't mean the sniping will not continue. Take Cheney's support of presidential candidate Nikki Haley on Friday. Hageman is, I I hope I'm saying that right. I believe I am. Hageman had a reaction to Cheney's action, was more than happy to share it. On Twitter, (laughs) she had both barrels blasting. Quote, Nikki Haley is just Liz Cheney light, Hageman said. It's no surprise that Liz likes her. They seem to agree on most things. And it is those most things that you and I likely disagree with. Period. She was reacting, of course, Hageman was, to Cheney's urging of Haley to stay in the presidential contest, at least until Super Tuesday. Absolutely. Waste more money that could be used for other candidates in other races, even though none of us has any confidence that Ronna McDaniel is going to make the proper decisions there at all. You're going to hear a very similar theme today 
in this program. There's a lot of people doing the same bad jazz. And we find it intriguing when they get called out for it and how the media responds to that. For instance, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Fannie Willis, but in conjunction with Cori Bush. She is the malignant representative from St. Louis, Missouri, who demands millions of dollars in personal security for her because she's constantly under threat, don't you know? While simultaneously saying that we should defund the police. And if you want to know how defunding the police goes, all you have to do is go to Missouri and talk to the folks who suffer the consequences for that. So how is... How is Cori Bush now very similar to Fannie Willis? How are these two women also very similar to Maxine Waters? Well, we're going to talk about this. There seems to be an overarching idea that once you make it to Congress, that you can misuse money, you can pay your family members, you can pay a dude who apparently is a a security expert and you end up marrying him, you can pay him, you can hire prosecutors who have no knowledge and experience trying matters the way Fannie Willis did with Nathan Wade. Dude is a divorce attorney. He's not a prosecutor. And she hired him anyway and funneled to him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now ask yourself this question. Because you're getting your W-2s in the mail, aren't you? If you're a 1099 worker, maybe a contract worker, a private person, right? An independent contractor. And you get your 1099 and then you have to go to the accountant to figure out what your fair share is. Ask yourself these very questions. Why is it that you are getting screwed every which way until Sunday without anything to prove for it or show for it? You don't have safer roads. You don't have safer streets. We don't have security on the border. We don't have quality education. Everything kind of feels like hell in a handbasket. What are you paying for? While other people think that they can get away with their own individual enrichment. And all the while, the linchpin in all of these scenarios is ensuring that you have the the best whipping boy that you have in the wings to blame for all of it. Donald Trump. Coming up, we're going to take you to this House Homeland Security meeting yesterday, right, where they voted to, in the 11th hour, after like 15 hours of deliberations, bring to a vote on the floor the impeachment, finally, of Alejandro Mayorkas. But before that happened, a Democrat representative from California decided to step in a giant excrement sandwich. And I'm afraid he's not getting it off his shoes anytime soon. We're making sure of that. Next, on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Well, for those of you who liked my faux obituary of my made-up progressive guy named Dave, Brock has put it on our Locals page. Brock, what's the best way for them to find that? What do they have to do? Locals.com. Yes. And then just search Wendy Bell Radio. Ta-da! There you go. You can be welcomed into the family. All right, so... I find it very interesting, this whole derangement, this whole lunacy over over one man, Donald Trump. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Long ago, it stopped being amusing because it is an illness. It feels like it has all of the signs of like a mental issue, 
That's it's not funny. I don't think that's funny. But this guy has been the blame for everything. The convenient scapegoat for every policy of suck that the Democrats have put out there, that the Rhino Republicans have gone along with. And this is no this is no different. So yesterday you've got this House Homeland Security Committee, okay? They're meeting, and it's a pretty important meeting because it's come to this. The invasion of the border is the number one thing Americans are talking about, and it should be because your tax dollars are going to pay for people who should not be here. And you know how I feel about that. Well, we're not alone. After 15 hours of deliberation, the House voted um, party lines 18 to 15 just after one this morning to recommend articles of impeachment, two articles of impeachment to the full House. And we understand from Speaker Mike Johnson, they've got the votes. Now, what does this actually do? I have no idea. It sounds an awful lot like political grandstanding. I'm hoping that there is some kind of a decisive action in removing this guy who's clearly dark, who's clearly lied multiple times under oath. But what the hell? Seems like everybody does that. If they're having sex in Senate boardrooms, right? Ew. If they're having orgies and doing coke together, why am I at all expecting something helpful to come out of this? However, using this Homeland Security meeting as a backdrop, and you know how it goes because you've heard enough of our coverage of it. People get minutes of time. All right, you so-and-so, you get five minutes. All right, beep, beep, your time's up. So-and-so, get, and they go ping-pong back and forth. Democrat, Republican, blah, 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 blah. So there's this cat. His name is Robert Garcia. This is a guy who used to be the mayor of Long Beach, if I'm not mistaken. He's a gay guy, whatever. That's his deal. Does a lot of this LGBTQIA stuff, whatever. And he decided to do something yesterday using his five minutes of time, reclaiming my time, right? Where he's going to drop a minute of garbage on the entire committee. Now, we've, we heard this. And Congressman Garcia, you ought not get away with lying. The fact checker is out there asleep at the wheel. Haven't seen anybody do it. So we've taken it upon ourselves to dig into said claims that you're about to hear. This is... California Congressman Robert Garcia talking about the Donald Trump slash MAGA plan for the border. Listen to it in its entirety before we break it down. Go. Gentlemen, yield. I, I, I will not yield. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Here they are. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Another idea, which I'm not sure how how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. So once again, the Donald Trump and MAGA plan 
is alligator moats, bombing northern Mexico, shooting migrants in the legs, and electrifying the fence and putting spikes on them. That is the Donald Trump border plan. You know, this is as offensive as Julian Castro. Is it Julian or the other guy, his brother? I forget which one it is. I thought it was Juan. Juan, I beg your pardon. Who knows? Saying that and carrying the falsehood, lying to the American people, that because Texas is trying to fortify its border, something that this federal government refuses to do, that three migrants died in the Rio Grande when the Biden administration admits that is a falsehood. Why not just carry the water of lies? And this, of course, is why they need fact checkers, because when we do their job, they need to have firepower to come back at us. This whole thing that this guy, Garcia, just dropped in this Homeland Security Committee hearing, shooting migrants' legs, build alligator moat, the behind Trump's ideas for the border. This is an article in the New York Times without attribution, meaning... In October of 2019, this was written without any source material. We interviewed so-and-so who said such and such. No. In fact, we found the exact paragraph. It's three in. And I'd like to share this with you because we isolated this very paragraph in this New York Times article, which was manufactured, totally bogus. Okay. And I want to read it to you. Brock, do you have it? Because we can put it up on the screen. It's one of the overlays. This is how the New York Times gets away with making garbage claims about Trump's border ideas. Privately, comma, the president had often talked about fortifying a border wall with water-filled trench stocked with snakes or alligators, prompting aides to seek a cost estimate. Well, that's wild. How about this? He wanted the wall electrified with spikes on top that could pierce human flesh, says who? After publicly suggesting that soldiers shoot migrants if they threw rocks, the president backed off when his staff told him that was illegal. But later in the meeting, aides recalled, he suggested that they shoot migrants in the legs to slow them down. That's not allowed either, they told him. Does that sound like Donald Trump to you guys? Because moments after that was posted after the New York Times decided to spread that salacious lie. Remember, 95% of the coverage about Donald Trump is bullcrap like this. Trump put up a tweet. He said, you know what? It's funny because I never said that. Now the press is trying to sell the fact that I wanted a moat stuffed with alligators and snakes with an electrified fence and sharp spikes on top at the southern border. I may be tough on border security, but not that tough. The press has gone crazy. Fake news. Well, then why Congressman Garcia? Why would you continue to do this? Why would you spread such stupid, stupid allegations? I remind you, the alligator moats and the electrified fence. Let's re-listen to that segment. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. 300 plus thousand human beings crossed into our country, gained access to our country in December alone. And this jack wagon wants to waste the time of members of Congress by spreading bullcrap that never happened. But let's continue. 
that we should bomb northern Mexico with missiles. This is what this congressman says. Go. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. Really? Do you know where that comes from, ladies and gentlemen? Do you remember the name Mark Esper? Yeah, he served under Trump. This is a headline from The Hill in May of 2022. Esper says Trump proposed launching missiles into Mexico to destroy drug labs. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with that. Is there a way that we could confirm that's who we were hitting? Not some rando strike that we might launch under Joe Biden? I get what Donald Trump was saying. Esper said Trump proposed launching missiles into Mexico to destroy drug labs. And Mr. Garcia, a congressman in the United States House of Representatives, lies in his statement before that committee saying that Trump just indiscriminately wanted to start firing missiles into northern Mexico to stop people from coming here. You know what we also found about Mark Esper? Oh, it's interesting. Guess what he did? He wrote a book, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Mark T. Esper, A Sacred Oath, Memoirs of a Secretary of Defense During Extraordinary Times. And do you see what it is? It was an instant New York Times bestseller. This is what is going on in the House of Representatives as we speak. And finally, your last audio soundbite to remind you how Congressman Garcia has no problem lying to your face. This And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. How dare you? I wish we could say that we were surprised, Congressman, but we are not. Because instead of using your time for good, instead of acknowledging and getting to work on fixing the freaking problem, you decide to spin this garbage. Well, how did this land out there in the world, ladies and gentlemen? Sky News in Australia headline, Democrat mocked for giving Trump free campaign ad over border proposal. Sounds like a little crazy time in Congressman Garcia's head. I'll read you the first few paragraphs. California Democrat Congressman Robert Garcia has been mocked online for giving Donald Trump a free campaign ad. After mocking the former president's past proposals for the border, which included a moat filled with alligators. Mr. Garcia made the remarks Tuesday during the House Judiciary Committee hearing to advance the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alex Mayorkas, accusing GOP members of stymieing bipartisan border security efforts. Mr. Garcia highlighted Mr. Trump's past ideas. Sir, you are the exact reason. We are in the mess that we are in. Grandstanding, not solving problems. Shame on you, sir. And shame on all the fact checkers out there who decided to sit this one out. Don't go anywhere. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, the South Carolina poll 
shows a certain drubbing in Nikki Haley's backyard. Ugh. Oops. I got the deets next. The thing that's so obvious about these polls, the polls that show the drubbing that Donald Trump is going to inflict or has on his opponents. It's not surprising. None of this is. We could have predicted this in 2020 on November 4th. It's not complicated. As a mom, I want basic things. I don't think that they're out of control. I don't think they're big asks. And quite frankly, what if we didn't pay our taxes? What then? What if there was a mass revolution that said, you know what? I want everything itemized. You sniff around every dollar I spend. You send agents to me if you think I haven't given you every hot cent that you believe you deserve. Well, what are you spending it on? What percentage of my taxes has gone to Ukraine? How much? How much of my taxes have gone to, let's say, all the CARES Act money and all the other BS that Joe Biden stood there and lied to us about? If you make less than $400,000 a year, you're not going to pay one more. Please. Zero accountability. And now, as we're going to hear shortly in terms of Cori Bush, how many people are corrupt? How many people have been misspending election money? How many people have been misspending all of it? Where are the checks and balances? South Carolina poll, Trump leads Haley by 35 points in her own backyard. Look, the longer she does this, the more unfortunate she, she is in the eyes of those of us paying attention. I, I would never vote for her. If it came down to her or Joe Biden, I would seriously, of course, I would choose Nikki Haley because there's at least a hope that she might not suck at everything the way Joe Biden and this administration has, the way Barack Obama and his administration did for eight years. This poll merely confirms we are past the point of fatigue. It an all out revolution is percolating. Former President Donald Trump has a towering 35-point lead over his last remaining Republican primary opponent, Nikki Haley, in South Carolina. This is according to a uh, Fabrizio Lee and Associates poll conducted for the pro-Trump MAGA Incorporated PAC. All right, so you know the facts. They are the ones who paid for this. The poll, first published by The Messenger on Tuesday, shows Trump garnering 66% of support among likely South Carolina Republican primary voters. He more than doubles Haley's 31%. That's giant. That is insurmountable. What are you doing? Well, you're draining the coffers dry every day that she stays in it, selfishly, egocentrically, narcissistically, and purposefully. She damages the ability of legitimate conservative candidates who are running for elections in various places all across this country. That's what it is. Trump's support is comprised of 59% of respondents who say they will definitely vote for him, 6% who probably will, 
Conversely, 7% of poll participants say they will probably support Haley. 24 say definitely they will. When voters learned that former Representative Liz Cheney, however, who co-chaired the House January 6th Select Committee, when they find out she endorsed Haley, Nikki Haley's support drops to 29%, while Trump's remains the same. Moreover, the share of voters who would definitely vote for Haley dropped from 24 to 21%. How long do we need to tell these people? I mean, how hard is it to see the writing on the wall? Obviously, Liz Cheney got absolutely slaughtered by Harriet Hageman. She got like 59% of the vote. It wasn't even close. And this woman is so insulated by Bush money, Cheney money, corroborating and working in concert with all others like Barack Obama, right? That is the Uniparty. This poll also gauged the influence of anti-Trump ads from the Haley campaign running in South Carolina, where a narrator dubs Biden too old and asserts Trump is too much chaos. Among those who had seen the ad, 64% said they would still back the 45th president. 33% say they would support Haley. Not moving the needle. Look, we're not being conned anymore. You know, the guy, the guy who we play his open all the time. When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. It's Trump 2024. It's not negotiable. What is more, the poll found over two in three of all respondents approved of Haley's performance as governor. But among those who gave her positive marks... Trump still leads 56 to 40 percent. This isn't dissimilar to the people's feelings about Ron DeSantis. How do you not read the room? How do you not look at the headlines? How do you not see the daily assault from from people like Congressman Robert Garcia, who has no problem using his time to repeat lies, to somehow blame Donald Trump? To twist things around when the whole purpose of that committee hearing yesterday was to finally say, look, Alejandro Mayorkas is a failure. He is a danger. He is an enemy of freedom. That's what you're going to hear about today. Enemies of freedom. Right now, Nikki Haley is acting as that. Liz Cheney is that incarnate. And these others coming up next. What do we have? Well, sounds an awful lot like a common theme. Get into Congress. Do something you ought not. Be a part of the bribery blackmail scheme. And cross your fingers that the machine will run interference for you. While you enrich yourself. Someone you're sleeping with. Someone in your family. And the audacity that they think they can get away with it. Spotlight Cory Bush. Toxic. Enemy of freedom. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.